Right. So, uh, Hi, Robert. hello, everybody. Hi. Okay. Okay. Yes, please, Hi. Robert, introduce yourself. <laughs> okay. I'm Robert. Uh, I'm Austrian. I'm uh, 43 years old. I have been working as an interpreter and translator for about 15 years. And, uh, well, what else? I've been a member of YouTube for about two weeks now. And actually, you and some other people inspired me to upload some uh, videos. And, uh, well, I'm very much interested in languages, not just because of my job, but also because I'm passionate about learning languages. Okay. And, uh, yeah, All right. that's about Let it. All right, get us started. I'm Steve Kaufman. Uh, <laughs> as you know, I have my channel at YouTube. I have my blog, The Linguist on Language. And I'm also mm. a co-founder of Link, which is an online you know, language learning system. Mm. And uh, uh, first of all, I must say, Robert, I was very impressed with your videos. Uh, Thank you. It's very yeah, kind of What you. impressed me the most was your Japanese and Chinese. Because really? I, yeah, I mean, I kind of am used to the idea that there are lots of people in Europe who are quite fluent in German, French, Spanish, Italian. Mm. That's mm. not so unusual. And particularly for someone who is in the profession. Uh, right. You know, yeah, if someone in Europe uh, where, you know, you jump in the car and in one hour you're in another language zone. Uh, yeah, I, I can understand that. But your pronunciation and your fluency, I mean, you, you, you didn't say that much, but in Japanese and Chinese, I was very impressed. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's very kind of you. Very, very <laughs> impressed. Uh, and this whole idea of, of polyglots, you know, and I've come to this thing. I'm not professionally, I mean, I'm in the wood business, basically. Mm. But, you know, the, when I see people like yourself, and there's Luca in Italy. I mean, you've seen the sort of, we have this yeah. group here on the internet. Yeah. Uh, the gentleman from England whose name escapes me, who speaks 16 uh, languages. Richard. Richard, Rich, he just rattles actually, it's, off. Actually, it was like you, Richard, and Luca, you know, yeah. that sort of inspired me to and do then, these but, but even people like, and so you can say, okay, I mean, uh, you know, you live in an area where there are lots of languages around you. And then you look at Moses uh, McCormick, who grew up in, mm -hmm. very much in a unilingual environment. And he goes out there and learns Hmong and I don't know what else, Estonian yeah. and stuff. Languages I've never heard of. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so it's all kind of uh, fun. And there's, of course, Professor Argelius. And then I mm -hmm. spoke with Susanna Zarayski, who is absolutely fluent in Spanish, Italian, French, uh, Russian. And so... Is, is she is she the late... I mean, she was born in Russia? She was born in Russia. Yeah. All right, she's the one with yeah. I I think you you did uh, an interview with I her. Did. I like, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I listened to parts of that. That was very interesting. So the first question is, you know, um, why is it that some people can speak, learn to speak three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten languages, twenty? I mean, I don't know where Moses is right now. Uh, and yet, a lot of people struggle to learn even one foreign language. Why is that? Well, the, th the thing is, uh, I believe that we all are able to do that. We're all able to learn many more languages. You just have for, uh, to have the right environment. You need people who are supportive. And you don't really have to be in a multilingual environment. Actually, I grew up in a monolingual environment as well. But my parents have always been very supportive of what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why, but I was just curious to learn uh, languages, I still remember uh, when when I first came into contact with English at the age of 10 uh, at school. And uh, I think the problem is that if, if I remember, you know, uh, the way I was taught English at school, uh, 
I, I didn't really like it. So I was even afraid of English when I had to take those exams. And I would fail at the exams for the first two years. I hated English because I just couldn't, you know, figure out the difference between present perfect tense and past tense because we don't really have that in German. So uh, they almost took away that enthusiasm that I had at the beginning for studying that language. And I think it's, uh, it's just that people are not offered enough opportunities to do what they would like to do with the language that makes them believe that they can do it. I agree with and you. They, yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, that expecting – and this is going to – you know, we can probably go on for days on these mm. different subjects, but um, – yeah, expecting that someone can be introduced to a grammatical concept, yes, do a few exercises, and then get mm. it right, is, exactly. is just not realistic. So you're setting people up for failure. And if people fail too often, or if yeah. they find something very difficult with very little reward, uh, exactly. people lose interest. If it's a little difficult, but there's a big reward, then people are happy. But exactly. if you set them up to do things that are inherently very difficult to do you're creating a lot of negative feeling towards language learning and exactly. uh, so I, I i totally agree with you i think that that uh you know uh, i see certainly and i i'm sure they do better in europe than in canada but in canada we see kids that will pass their french you know they'll get 80 mm. percent in french year after year yeah. after year and after okay. 10 years they're incapable of speaking french mm. so there's something wrong there <laughs> you know? mm. yeah but, but let's get back to the original question you okay. know, I uh, was born in Sweden, moved to Canada when I was five. My parents are originally from Czechoslovakia. They spoke wow. German and some Czech, but mostly German with each other. Uh, they spoke English with us because they said, you're now in Canada. We're going to speak English. Okay. Uh, but I, and, of course, I grew up in Montreal. Even though I lived in the English-speaking part of Montreal, if okay. I wanted it, French <laughs> was a, around me. So I had Great. an advantage. Susanna Zarayski, born in the Soviet Union, uh, moved to the States. I think she lived in Argentina. So here are all these people with an advantage. But there are people I know, and Moses is not the only one. Yeah. An absolutely monolingual, unilingual family, and at the age of 20, they go to China, and within a year, they sound almost like a Chinese person. Yeah. But so, doesn't so that prove the fact is, yeah. that, that we all are capable of doing that? So it's just barriers that have been erected by, I don't know, the systems that exist you know like systems to teach people languages or whatever so it's not that we're not capable of doing that but then robert all... what do you do when people undoubtedly people say to you oh you're just talented for languages exactly that's what they keep telling me which is not true you know they for well maybe i have i don't know if i have a talent i have a love for languages and if you love something you spend a lot of time with it i think you keep saying that as well and i couldn't agree more with you you know i spend like of course i mean i work as a translator and as an interpreter so i spend a lot of time with my languages every day and and i actually use that expression you know on purpose i spend time with my languages right. not just using languages because i mean it's like you're my languages, I call them my languages, and I, we are a team. I care about my languages, and, and I love every book that I buy. And even before I became an interpreter, I spent a lot of time studying languages. And people seem to forget that it is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It may even be hard work, but the good news is that it can be very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But it's not like, you know, like there are like products out there that actually promise you to become fluent in, I don't know, what kind of language within 30 days or whatever. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in that. Uh, you may get a basic idea of that language, 
But the thing is that people just, I don't know, either they have been told that they don't have any talent or maybe it's an excuse for them to say, well, I, I, I just can study another language. But the fact that we all have been capable of learning how to speak in our mother tongue, to me at least, is proof enough that we can't speak any other language. Of course, it takes more time and it takes more effort because we don't have that natural environment in another language. I can't pick up Chinese the way a Chinese kid does in China, right? But still, I can create an environment that comes as close as possible to that environment. And I can try to, you know, like benefit from other resources that I have as an adult. Well, I think and there if, too, I yeah. think it's, it's, uh, to me, the, when I discovered 10 years ago the mini disc player, yeah. Which now is, is out. Like that's a technology yeah. that lived that had a, a very short <laughs> but still. life cycle. But all of a sudden, because when I studied Chinese, I listened to these huge open reel uh, you know, tape recorders. Okay. Which I couldn't move. That was like a piece of furniture at home. And <laughs> and now, of course, we've moved from the mini disc player to the MP three player. So the ability to carry with me on my iPod literally a library of audiobooks and podcasts in different languages has completely revolutionized language learning. So as you say, you can create that language environment without exactly. going to Beijing. You can bring Beijing language to you and as much time as you have to spend with it. Exactly. I mean, see, I have got on my iPod, I think it's about 550 hours of listening material. That is like your at least twice as much as we used to have at the university where I studied to become an interpreter, just to give you an idea how things have changed. When I finished my studies about, uh, when was that? Uh, 18 years ago, something like that, 19 years ago. So uh, we would have like one English movie per month. That was about it, right? And of course, when we trained, uh, you know, like in our classes, when we had those simultaneous interpreting classes, we would have those speeches that were held by politicians, whatever. But we wouldn't really get any other natural input. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any DVDs. Uh, there was no internet at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't really afford buying like American or English uh, videos, whatever. But I was lucky because I live or close to Slovenia and they do not dub their foreign movies. Right. So I would like spend every night uh, without my parents knowing about that because <laughs> they probably wouldn't have uh, been very happy uh, that I spend like hours at night just watching these movies, right? right? Because they only had subtitles in Slovenian, which I didn't